The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We're starting off a new series today titled, Open Your Mind to Prosperity, and it is based upon the book of the same title by Catherine Ponder. Now, I'm a big Catherine Ponder fan, uh, Reverend Ponder was a uh, is not going to say was is a unity minister, and she was also a classmate of the founder of Christ Universal Temple, uh, Reverend Coleman. They were really close, you know, when Reverend Coleman was, you know, still on this plane of existence. And through the years, I've just discovered, you know, along with many people, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people, rather. That Catherine Ponder's books on prosperity or healing, prayer, etc., are extremely practical, extremely to the point. They give great analogies so you can apply what you learn. So I wanted to use this book because, according to her own words in the book, this book was written from the perspective of taking the best of what she understood about prosperity and putting it in one book. Like literally, I mean, she basically said that this book was based upon the research, doing all of the work and finding out what was the best way to do what needs to be done. Matter of fact, she wrote, this book contains a simple formula. This is on page three of the book for invoking the power of prosperous thinking, a formula that was 20 years in the making. And that's why she made sure that she took her best stuff and put it in one book that was quick, simple and direct. You know, obviously, she writes about a lot of different subjects. But if you read Open Your Mind to Prosperity, you'll get her core ideas around prosperous thinking. And I think it's good to get used to the to the uh, title or the subject or the concept of prosperous thinking and literally just walk around saying I'm a prosperity thinker. I'm a prosperous thinker because having a prosperity consciousness, being a prosperity thinker means that you look at life differently. So what we're going to do in this series is actually study the book chapter by chapter until it's finished. So my request is that you get the book Open Your Mind to Prosperity by Catherine Ponder. Read along with me. In other words, I'm teaching it chapter by chapter, so read ahead of me. Don't read. Uh, don't wait until I teach the chapter to read it. Read ahead so when you hear it from me, now you're possibly just getting some new insights because we all know that the teacher is on the inside. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the Christ, the I Am, your true spiritual nature is the true teacher. What I'm trying to do is just bring out some insights to help connect the dots. And hopefully once you connect the dots and, and shift your paradigm 
it'll make accepting this information easier because once you get it, you got it. So what I want to do is start on page 12 and the second paragraph. And she starts by quoting a Wall Street economist. And he said, what is needed is not so much a war on poverty as an understanding of the forces that generate prosperity. That's a very powerful statement. What is needed is not so much a war on poverty as an understanding of the forces that generate prosperity. In other words, how can I study what I want to demonstrate? If I want to to gain muscle mass and I go to a personal trainer or my doctor or a dietitian or whatever, they'll tell me the things that I need to do to get in better shape to get bigger, to build the muscle mass or the definition that I desire or the stamina, whatever it is. What's the same thing with prosperity? We need to figure out what are the keys to demonstrating prosperity. That's what this book is about. So she goes on to say on page 12, the forces that generate prosperity are mental and spiritual. In order to conduct a mental and spiritual war on poverty, the first thing you must do is open your mind to prosperity. Now, I'm not saying you got to declare a war on anything. She's using some, some you know, particular type of language. But the point that's coming, she's trying to get us to understand is prosperity, like everything else, begins in the mind. And there are spiritual and mental laws that support or create or generate a prosperity consciousness. So she tells a story about, you know, World War II and the recessions and post-World War II. And at the bottom of page 12, when she was teaching a prosperity class at her church, she discovered something. She wrote, I soon discovered something significant, even though the people in the class desperately needed to be prospered. Most of them had an old erroneous idea that it was sinful to be prosperous. They felt guilty about even coming to a prosperity class. And we just have to get past that. When people start bringing up the subject of money, many times people get uncomfortable about it. Why do we get uncomfortable about money? Because we've been raised with so many conflicting beliefs about money. And when you have conflicting beliefs about money, what that ends up doing is not allowing you to be very clear and intentional about what you seek to demonstrate with money, with prosperity. And people will talk about all type of private things in their lives, family business. They'll post it on social media, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat, put pictures and videos up and talk about things that should not be talked about with anybody outside, you know, you know, the person that you're most intimate with or, you know, uh, or family members or very close friends. But when you start talking about money, Many people won't share that. You start asking people to post what they may eat, how much money they make on social media, you'll, you'll get some silence. Because we, we grow up with beliefs about money that are inconsistent. We'll, so therefore, what we have to do is deal with the psychological uh, impressions that we've had growing up. How have we been cultured? to believe about or what to believe about money. So she wrote on page 13, most people with financial problems have a psychological block about prosperity. Now she uses it. She speaks from the concept of people who think that they're good Christians shouldn't focus on money. I've heard that before. You know, being at a church where Reverend Coleman at the time when I came here was emphasizing that everyone deserves a healthy, happy and prosperous life. Many people had issues with her teaching that, but she taught it anyway, and she helped a lot of people turn their lives around. 
what we have to understand is it's not a Christian virtue or religious virtue in general to be poor at all. Now, you know, even some ministers have to take a vow of poverty just to be ordained. It doesn't benefit anybody for someone not to have that which they need to take care of their lives. And I would say to enjoy life. But we're also dealing with different things about money than, you know, uh, Christian virtue. And she talks about communism, some other things that were really more into play when this book was being written. I think now we're dealing with a natural cynicism about success in life. When people are uh, disenfranchised, when people see injustices, when people are um, in a place where in their view, their point of view, it doesn't make a difference what you do or don't do. What that does is it strips your ambition. It strips their ambition to want to do better. So what we have to be really mindful about is some people have just become resigned to not having what they need or not having prosperity or not going for what they really want out of life. When was the last time you really got clear in your mind what you wanted out of life? I mean, really wrote it down, really created a game plan and really went for it. When was the last time you really wrote down how much money you would like to have by a certain amount of time? Because that matters. Because as uh, the motivational speaker Les Brown used to always say, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit nothing dead on the head. So are you actually creating goals? Are you actually shifting and training your mind to accept prosperity if you can't even write it down which we'll deal with in a chapter in this book if you can't even have conversations about what's possible for you and what you want out of life i'm not talking about wishes i'm talking about real conversations i'm not talking about daydreaming i'm talking about real conversations then it's possible that you've become unconsciously resigned to life being the way that it is and Since prosperity has a spiritual basis and it works through spiritual and mental laws, that means that you can demonstrate prosperity in ways that might seem impossible to you now based upon a a conditioned mind. But when you open your mind to prosperity, God can work through your open mind to lead, guide, instruct, and empower you to be able to get the desires of your heart. Moving on. So bottom of page 13, she wrote, you can open your mind to prosperity by giving up the ridiculous idea that poverty is a Christian virtue when it is nothing but a common vice. Poverty is definitely a sin, not a blessing. Now that's a very powerful statement. And then she quotes where she got it from. She quotes Charles Fillmore's book, Prosperity, which I taught a few years ago on this show, if you go back through the archives, I actually taught that book chapter by chapter. But anyway, Charles Fillmore wrote, the father's desire is unlimited good. Excuse me. The father's desire for us is unlimited good, not merely the means of a meager existence. We cannot be very happy if we are poor and nobody needs to be poor. It is a sin to be poor. Now, He's using the term sin in its original Hebrew meaning, which means missing the mark. So he's saying if the father's desire is for us to have unlimited good, not just a meager existence, then it is missing the mark for us not to be in the will of God or the will of the father or the divine intention, the universal intent. In other words, We weren't put on this earth just to be sick, broken, unhappy. But we have to accept the possibility. There's more to life than what I am currently demonstrating. And part of that more 
is prosperity, money, opportunities, possibilities. So she goes on to quote Dr. Russell Conwell, who wrote the book Acres of Diamonds, which originally started off as a lecture that he would travel around the country and letting people know about prosperity. And he used the money from that lecture to build Temple University in Philadelphia. Dr. Conwell wrote, I say you ought to be rich. You have no right to be poor. To live and not be rich is a misfortune. And it is doubly a misfortune because you could have been rich just as well as being poor. But here's the thing that we have to become present to. We become good. We become better. We become more advanced in that which we focus on, give our attention to, and study. Do we study how prosperity works? Do we study how money works? Are we aware of how we use our own money? You know, um, you know, at, at the church, sometimes we offer the Financial Peace University classes with Dave Ramsey. And one of the things that he tells people to do is create a zero-based budget which mean, for the month, which means know where every penny is going. If you have money set aside for you to go out to eat, entertainment, movies, dinner, you know, et cetera, put a certain amount of money aside for that. You know, your bills, your investments, your insurances, whatever, your children. And but one of the beautiful reasons why he teaches people to do that is it makes them become aware of their own money because we can be very unconscious when it comes to money. And because of credit cards and things of that nature, we can even become more unconscious about money. So we need to be very present to our own thoughts about money. So she goes on to write, you can open your mind to prosperity when you realize that your study and application of the mental and spiritual laws of prosperity. You're not trying to make God give you anything. As the Bible promises, all things are yours. In the beginning, God created a lavish universe and then created spiritual man or being and placed him or her in this world of abundance, giving him or her dominion over it. So we live in a universe of lavish abundance. And we can express or manifest or have dominion over demonstrating out of the possibilities and potentialities of life the desires of our hearts. That's important. So she goes on to write, you are trying, you're only trying to open your mind to receive your heritage of abundance. Uh, I have a heritage of abundance. My heritage of abundance is with, is in the spiritual potentials, my spiritual potential, those potentialities, those possibilities. And new thought many times they're called divine ideas. As I learn how to work with the divine ideas of God, I can demonstrate prosperity. When I understand how to use my own spiritual gifts, talents, and abilities, I can understand how to generate my prosperity. When I'm in alignment with purpose, mission, and vision, I can demonstrate my prosperity. When I can see my preferred good and act on it, and act as if, in faith, I am demonstrating prosperity. So, we're getting close to our first break. So, let me remind you that this show is um, supported by your donations. So, as you freely receive, please freely give. Go to www.unity.fm and click on the donate button and help support this online ministry that's sending multiple shows around the world helping people demonstrate prosperity, healing, peace. Support with prayer, metaphysical Bible interpretation, and much more. Also, remember this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms, with uh, Reverend Galen McDowell. 
go on Facebook, like the butt, like the show, like the page, excuse me, share it so we can help spread the word. We'll be right back with Truth Transform. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Do you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, I'm in the midst of a series titled Open Your Mind to Prosperity by Catherine Ponder. And uh, based upon the book of the same title by Catherine Ponder. If you would like to call in to ask a question, you can call in at 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. Eight nine. Call in to make a comment. Call in to ask a question. If you read some of Catherine Ponder's material, or even this book in particular, and it's blessed you, I would love for you to call in. And if you have a testimony that you could share, I would love to hear it and allow the listeners to know that this isn't something just for ministers or spiritual gurus, that anybody, anywhere, at any time can take these prosperity principles, work them, and demonstrate them in their lives. So, back to the book. I was on page 14. She has an affirmation that I liked. She wrote, I am a rich child of a loving father, so I dare to prosper. And throughout the book, she'll be giving little affirmations like that and what i would say is when you bump into something that resonates with you sit with it for a while use it for a few days use it for a day and like maybe just today just i'm a rich child of a loving father so i dare to prosper and just having that mentality because that type of thought is not the way the average person thinks i'm a rich child of a loving father so i dare to prosper Because when you believe that you're a rich child of a loving father, you encounter life differently. You know, you're going to deal with life differently when, you know, you're a descendant of a Rockefeller. 
You're going to deal with life differently if Bill Gates is your dad. Just You just will because you're not looking at what you can't do. You're saying I have a rich, I, I'm a rich child. Why? Because my father's rich or my mother is rich. And if we believe that, you know, as they said in the Bible, the cattle on a thousand hills, you know, et cetera, and all of those wonderful prosperity statements are true, whatever the equivalent would be today of that, you need to know, we need to know, or we could know, or we should consider the possibility that that promise is still true for us today. All right. Turn to page 16. Catherine Ponder wrote, you can open your mind to prosperity when you realize it pays to do so right in the face of lack and limitation. Right in the midst of it. So the time when you really have to get focused on working these principles is when you think life isn't giving you what you need and and you have to literally create something out of seemingly nothing. So you're in the middle of it. You got more month than money. You have debts you don't know how you're going to deal with. You have responsibilities and obligations. And this is the time where we have to make some decisions, some hard decisions. And the hard decisions have everything to do with what you're going to give your attention and focus to and how much time are you going to put into the work. For instance, I've said it on this show before, but if you're trying to demonstrate prosperity, everything that you're studying has to be on prosperity and practicing what you are actually reading. That means you're getting up in the morning, you're doing your prayer and meditation work, and that's including prosperity. You're showering and brushing your teeth. You have a radio in the bathroom. And you're listening some prosperity message or in your car or you're doing your morning jog. You have, you know, headphones on or, or or over the radio CD or down or download through your phone. And you're listening to some message on prosperity, on goal achievement, on how to put into practice the things that you're learning. It means the conversations that you're having are based upon abundance and not lack and limitation. It means that you're studying uh, day in and day out on that which you seek to demonstrate, that you put an action plan together to actually produce the results and you have some accountability around it because you're even letting somebody know, for instance, this is what I'm doing. It might mean you're creating a mastermind group. It might mean that, you know, you're walking around with a three by five card in your pocket or purse or whatever and Five or six times a day, you're pulling it out and you make and you're affirming the truth about your life experiences that might not necessarily seemingly match what's showing up in your life role and affairs at the moment. But it becomes an intentional effort of intensity. How intense are you willing to be? To demonstrate the prosperity you desire in your life. Now, I'm not saying be rude. I'm not saying uh, make poor decisions. I'm not saying um, discard your other responsibilities. You have a family. You have friends. You have jobs. You have whatever. I'm not saying that. But any moment where that's not happening and you're trying to seek prosperity, then that's what it has to be. You have to be on fire about becoming wealthy. On fire. That means putting the phone down. That means less Facebook time and Twitter time and Instagram and Snapchats and text messages and phone calls and TV time and Netflix and Amazon Prime and and, and all the other streaming services that we have. And if you're going to be on your phone, you're listening to something about prosperity, success, goal achievement, action plans. 
Again, how bad do you want it? Again, to quote Les Brown, he used to always say in the 90s, you got to be hungry. He would say it a certain way. You got to be hungry from the gut. You got to be hungry. If you're too comfortable, you won't go for it. I'm just saying. You know, you can want a thing, but you that doesn't mean you're hungry for it. That means you want see when when you're willing to to put yourself on the line to yourself first of all before anybody else to get what you say you want out of life that says a lot you have to be willing to put yourself on the line we can be experts on a lot of things that's one of the things you know that you know I often ask myself I said it in the sermon one time like Man, how come you're not rich? Because I haven't put this big brain on being rich consistently. Doesn't mean I haven't done it consistently. Day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. Making the choices, putting the intention, putting the work on the producing, demonstrating, and manifestation of wealth. It matters. You can be a genius in your field and be broke. And a person who's decent but who's intentional about building wealth can have way more than you. And you can literally run rings around them. Literally can't keep up with you, can't compete at all. But they have intention. You might have you might have more education, more training, more experience, but not the intent. It matters. Are you willing To study while other people are partying? Are you willing to pray while other people are on TV, watching TV? Are you willing to work on your success plan when other people are on social media? Some of this prosperity stuff is the simple fact that we have we you sometimes won't know how deeply ingrained these subconscious beliefs are. So you got to go for it. Buying visualizations, downloads on iTunes or going to YouTube and putting your headphones on and listening to them. Affirming day in and day out. 30, 45, 60 days, the same affirmation over and over again to condition your subconscious mind just so you can let the idea through because there's so much subconscious blockage. Working on forgiving whoever you need to forgive. Again, like that woman who had the issue of blood, which in biblical talk for She had a menstrual cycle that wouldn't stop for 12 years. That meant she was an outcast in her community, in the ancient Hebrew culture, because they had issues around blood. So she made up in her mind, if I can just get to Jesus and grab the hem of his garment, he doesn't have to say anything to me. All I have to do is push through the crowd and not let anybody stop me from getting what I want. Not the culture, not the religious rules, not the societal rules. And I'm not telling anybody to break the law, by the way. Let me be clear about that. 
What I am saying is sometimes your intent changes laws. Martin Luther King changed laws. He was arrested for breaking laws and they had laws changed. But this is not a social justice lesson. So let me keep moving. My intention is to get across the point that you got to push through. And you don't know how much you have to push through it through your own mind. How much you have to push through your own mind to demonstrate prosperity. She goes on to say on page 19. The true definition of prosperity. She says you can open your mind to prosperity when you realize the true definition of the word. And I love this. You are prosperous to the degree that you are experiencing peace, health, and plenty in your world. Now think about that. You are prosperous to the degree that you are experiencing peace, health, and plenty in your world. Look at your world. How much are you experiencing peace? That's a form of prosperity. How much are you experiencing health? That's a form of prosperity and plenty, which is money. Real prosperity includes all three. Well, she breaks it down in four points. She says prosperity includes peace of mind. On that same page, prosperity includes harmony. You know, and harmony doesn't mean lack of stress or or um, what's the word I want to use? Or the lack of obligation or pressure because resistance is how you build muscle. And by working through various experiences and situations, you develop the spiritual and mental muscles to make you stronger. And it helps us realize that the reason why we can have peace and harmony is because we can choose to have peace and harmony because it's always a choice. Even when it seems as though it's not giving us a choice, it's always a choice. Again, prosperity includes health. A person... could be a billionaire and will spend billions to regain health because the billionaire knows that health is wealth so take care of your health what does that mean that means making sure you get your sleep that's a form of prosperity that means making sure that you are eating properly that means that you're drinking your eight glasses of water a day because as Jack Canfield talks about in the study, that one of the reasons why people don't do well in the mornings is because they don't drink water. If you've been asleep for eight hours or or longer, and most people don't drink water before they go to sleep, so that means you could go get up in the morning and and you haven't had a drink of water in ten or eleven hours. And then we get up about our day, we drink coffee which is caffeine and it, you know, it doesn't necessarily replenish the body. So our brains and bodies are not functioning with what it needs to work. Water. That's a form of prosperity. So if you want your kids to do well in school, you want to be fresher in the morning at your job. When you get up in the morning, drink a glass of water, reboot the body, the body's 75% water. Anyway, moving on. And that also means the other things. Go to the doctor. Get your checkups. Because you're like, well, I don't believe in a doctor. Well, if something's going on, now you know how to put your your intent. You know what to pray about. You need to you need to know what you need to focus on. And that's a good thing. And get your exercise. Again, that's prosperity. And she goes on to say prosperity includes financial plenty. Prosperity is money. She wrote on page 20, an important way to open your mind to prosperity is deliberately to is deliberately to open your mind to the idea that money is spiritual, that money is a part of your spiritual heritage. Money is a part of my spiritual heritage. Money is spiritual because what stands behind money is the substance of God, is the supply of God, the infinite potential and possibility of God. That's what we have to stand behind. So, 
Uh, we're coming up on our last break. So we will be right back with Truth Transforms. Weather forecasters can provide guesstimates based on scientific data, but in the end, we cannot know with absolute certainty what the weather will be until we live it. Life works the same way. We may think we know what's going to happen, expecting the best while preparing for the worst. We can keep a positive frame of mind and weather any storm because we are one with the ever-present miracle-working power of God. We are mightier than any circumstance on this earth because we are divine in nature and a part of the eternal. We live in a world where we can realize our possibilities because we know that with God all things are possible. And the way to keep our hearts and minds centered and focused on divine potentialities is through prayer. As author Frances W. Folks wrote in her book, Effectual Prayer, If the time of achievement seems long, pray. If the way seems dark, pray. If the results seem delayed, pray. Morning, noon, and night, pray. Pray without ceasing. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. For more than 90 years, Daily Word has helped people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Take advantage of our 30-day free trial of the digital edition. You'll receive access to the online magazine, a daily email with the word for the day, and the Daily Word app. To sign up for the 30-day free trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, I'm in the midst of teaching the book, and if you want to call in or ask a question or make a comment, you can call in at 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. And since I'll be teaching this book for a while again, if you have demonstrated, you know, prosperity from working with Catherine Ponder's material in particular, I would love to hear from you because I think it does matter to hear from people who have worked the principles. So back to the book. She starts talking about millionaires in the Bible. And again, what she's basically saying is if some of these people, if they had a way to measure the amount of wealth that they had back in the day, it would probably be the equivalent to being a millionaire or more in today's money. She talks about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph on page 20. And then she says on page 21 that the Bible is the greatest prosperity textbook ever written. Now, obviously, that's based upon opinion, but the point of it is, all through the book, it talks about prosperity and success, all through the Bible. She talks about the symbolism of bread and fish. She says, bread symbolizes the substance of the universe, which we mold and shape with our thoughts and words of prosperity. The fish symbolizes 
ideas of increase. So as when you hear um, over and over again about bread, bread, for instance, in the in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. All right. So that means that which is needed for my life today. I should have that. We pray it in the Lord's Prayer without realizing what we're praying. We might say it, but sometimes you can learn a prayer like the Lord's Prayer and pray it so often that it loses its impact and meaning. So we have to be present to give us this day our daily bread. The desires, that which takes care of my needs and wants. Give us this day our daily bread. She talks about, again, fish symbolize ideas of increase because fish can multiply so quickly. And we have ideas of increase in our minds that when we start focusing on an idea, the idea can multiply and increase in ways that demonstrate prosperity in our lives. We'll get one main idea and all of a sudden we get a swarms of ideas that draw people, places and things into our experience to help support the main prosperity idea. She talks about in the book on page 21, the word gold appears more than 400 times in the Bible. There are between 3,000 and 4,000 promises in the Bible, many of them literal prosperity promises. We just need to be present to that. She talks about Jesus, which I mentioned already about the Lord's Prayer. And forgive us our debtors in the Lord's Prayer. And she wrote at the bottom of page 21, a spiritual consciousness of prosperity gives you control over your possessions rather than allowing your possessions to control you. Because people like to bring up the story about the rich young ruler that Jesus sent away. But but please realize that the ruler's wealth was in control of him, not the other way around. When you have a spiritual consciousness, you don't make a God out of any possession. You recognize that it is the manifestation or an expression of the good, but it's not the source. It's a channel. But you need a spiritual consciousness to do that. If not, it, you can be easily distracted. We can be easily distracted. She goes on to say on page 22, prosperity is necessary for your growth. You can open your mind to prosperity when you realize that prosperity is a necessity for your spiritual growth because prosperity gives you freedom to grow spiritually. What is that saying? Are you really trying to be extremely focused on prosperity when you're hungry, when you're not sure about the security of your life? In other words, you're in survival mode. Who's trying to do, um, you know, meditate when you're in survival mode? Now, obviously, meditation can help get you out of survival mode, but that's not where most people are. Therefore, we have to recognize when we create a certain level of prosperity, it allows the mind to be freed up to do other things. One of the main things that any social scientist will tell you is that normally nations don't grow in prosperity during times of war. You can't grow and be at war at the same time. So while you're fighting life, Other aspects don't get utilized. Your creativity, talents, the studying of philosophy and sciences and, you know, the enjoyment of life. So being prosperous is good for the soul because it frees you up to do other things because your mind isn't worrying about money. And believe me when I tell you. Worry is definitely poisonous to the soul in the sense that we focus, we're consistently focusing on what we don't have and our feelings around not having what we think we should have. 
one of the things that Tony Robbins always tells people is that the secret to happiness is understanding that you have an ideal in your mind about how your life should be. And we're happy or unhappy based upon the how close our ideal is to our actual life experiences. So if you have in your mind, this is the way it should be, and it's radically different than what you think it should be, that can create or generate depression. So we have in our minds what we think it should be. And we have to be able to pull back and start saying, okay, what are the things, first of all, let me realize that that's meaning that I'm giving, but we always give meaning to life. And what can I do to start creating? First of all, make sure I'm clear about my ideal, and that's what I really want. Because sometimes we're walking around with with uh, patterns in our minds that have nothing to do with what we really want. It was just something that we picked up along the way. Anyway, as we start to go forward, we have to recognize that we have to get a handle on these beliefs because it can interfere with our growth. He wrote, she wrote at the um, bottom of that paragraph, everybody ought to be prosperous because prosperity gives them freedom. Prosperity is a necessity for spiritual growth. She goes on to say, quoting Deuteronomy on that same page, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. The Lord your God. And one of the ways metaphysically you can play with the word Lord is to substitute Law or divine law. You shall remember the divine law. You can also put in, you can remember the I am your God. You can substitute a lot of words for it. The point of it is, remember that it is God that generates the wealth, working through divine law. So she wrote, this is the prosperity secret of the ages. God is the source of your supply. That's the prosperity secret. As long as you relate to the source, you will be prosperous. Then she gives some wonderful statements. She says, uh, it is when you turn from God as the source and depend upon people and conditions for your prosperity, you have a fi- you have financial problems. People and conditions are channels of your supply, to be sure. But God is the source. She gives an affirmation. I do not depend upon persons or conditions for my prosperity. God is the source of my Prosperity and provides his own channels of supply to me now. Then she gives a very powerful affirmation. And this is what I'm going to recommend that anybody that's following along with this series to read every day in the morning and the evening. Page 23 and 24. And it reads, I clearly see that nothing or no one can stand between me and my own. I dissolve in my own mind and in the mind of all others any idea that my own can be withheld from me. That which is for my highest good now comes to me, and in my clear perception of truth, I welcome it. Nothing can oppose my good. No one can oppose my good. I now accomplish great things with ease. Refusing to criticize another's prosperity, I turn to God, ask his direction, and I am prospered. Love envieth not. The prospering truth now sets me free. My life cannot be limited. My financial income cannot be limited. Christ in me now frees me from all limitation. I am rich in mind and manifestation now. The forgiving love of Jesus Christ now sets me free from all financial mistakes of the past or present. I face the future wise, free, and unafraid. So I want you to take that affirmation on page 23 and 24. And every morning and every evening, read it. While you're studying along with me for the the duration of this series, I'm asking you to take that on every morning and every evening. And I don't want you to I don't want you to read it. I want you to speak it. Speak the word. You're conditioning your subconscious mind as you affirm this daily. You are conditioning your mind to accept prosperity and release that which you need to release so with that we're going to work with the next chapter next week which is cleanse your mind for prosperity we're going to get to it we're going to work with it we're going to make it out 
Uh, we're going to do what we need to do. So read ahead. Don't wait for me. Read ahead. Do the work in advance, whatever she asks you to do. So when you hear me talk about it, hopefully it'll bring some more insight. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focus, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. How often before even beginning have we declared something impossible? In our mind, we often picture ourselves as inadequate or consider a task too great to attain. Much of our success depends on the thoughts we hold in mind. Our experience depends even more on the persistence with which we affirm those thoughts. A wise person said, It's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the best, you very often get it. In unity, we believe in the power of words and thoughts held in mind. If you sincerely ask yourself, how do I really think things ought to be? You may be surprised at your answer. You are destined to do great works. Expect it and see the positive changes in your world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, For Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.